Hello everyone and welcome to the December 19th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The U.S. Supreme Court set the briefing schedule in the Obamacare cases that challenge the constitutionality of the new health care law. Oral arguments are set for next March. The court agreed to hear an Obama administration appeal defending the Obamacare law in two separate appeals of cases the administration lost. These cases were filed by 26 states and an independent business group. The opening briefs will be due in early January. The responses in February and the final reply briefs will be submitted in early March. The court agreed to consider the following four separate questions whether the U.S. Congress overstepped its powers by requiring all Americans to buy health insurance by 2014 or pay a penalty, a provision known as the individual mandate, whether the rest of the law can survive if the mandate is stricken, or whether challenges to the mandate must wait until after it takes effect in 2014, and finally, whether Congress improperly coerced the states to expand the Medicaid program that provides health care to the poor and the disabled. And now our fraud report. Medtronic has agreed to pay $23.5 million to settle allegations by federal officials that it paid kickbacks to doctors to encourage them to use its products. The Justice Department also said Medtronic caused false claims to be submitted to the federal health care programs Medicare and Medicaid. The settlement resolves two whistleblower lawsuits against the company. According to its securities filings, the company previously disclosed the anticipated settlement and recorded a $24 million expense in its 2011 fiscal year. The resolution comes as Medtronic is facing another probe by the Justice Department and the U.S. Senate over questions about whether doctors who were paid by the company failed to report significant side effects of its spinal surgical product called Infuse. Jeffrey Stenroos, the former Los Angeles school police officer who staged his own shooting in a bizarre hoax, was sentenced to five years in jail. The seven-year veteran of the LAUSD police was convicted in September of planting false evidence, insurance fraud, and other crimes. Stenroos appeared to receive little mercy from the Los Angeles County Superior Court judge who handed down the toughest sentence allowed under state guidelines. Stenroos was called a disgrace by the district superintendent and chided by the Los Angeles Police Department. The faked shooting last January triggered a massive and costly search that brought a section of the San Fernando Valley to a nervous standstill. Stenroos was found by a passerby in apparent pain on the sidewalk near El Camino Real High School in Woodland Hills. He told officers that he had been following up on a report of a car burglar in the area when a man with a ponytail and bomber-style jacket shot him in the chest and fled. His bulletproof vest had apparently saved him from serious injury. More than 550 police officers combed the quiet neighborhoods near the school, conducting door-to-door -door searches and keeping an eight-mile area locked down for 10 hours. Police were perplexed and suspicious of his account almost from the onset. During the trial, prosecutors theorized that Stenrus may have propped his shirt and protective vest against a tree fired a shot, and then staged the shooting. 
City officials are seeking more than $350,000 in restitution to cover the costs of the search, and the school district is seeking $58,000 in medical costs. A hearing to determine how much Stenrus must pay in restitution is scheduled for January 19th. Manuel Perales of Fontana has been charged with two counts of workers' compensation insurance fraud. Perales reportedly sustained an industrial injury in July 2010 while working for a local company. During the workers' compensation process, Perales withdrew his claim after being confronted with evidence that supported that the incident was not true. Although Perales withdrew his claim, he subsequently filed a second workers' compensation claim alleging that he sustained the same injuries, along with other industrial injuries, over a specific period of time, not including his original date of injury. Members of the San Bernardino County District Attorney's Office, Workers' Compensation Fraud Prosecution Unit, began an investigation. An arrest warrant was issued in December showing a bailout of $100,000, charging Perales with insurance fraud. He was transported, booked, and housed at the San Bernardino County Sheriff's West Valley Detention Center. He is scheduled for arraignment on February 9th. A Milpitas man has been arrested and charged with workers' compensation insurance fraud. An investigation by the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office led to the address, arrest of 66-year-old Vincente Soto, who has been charged with four felonies involving workers' compensation insurance fraud and seven employment tax violations. Soto owns and operates Vincent Soto Landscaping and Vincent Landscaping. His business provides residential and commercial landscaping services throughout the Bay Area. Prosecutors believe Soto grossly underreported employers' employees' wages in order to fraudulently reduce his workers' compensation, insurance premium, and employment tax obligations. Prosecutors alleged a loss of $85,000. If convicted on all counts, Soto faces up to 13 years in state prison and would be ordered to pay full restitution. And in medical news, a new study says that people who get steroid injections to ease back pain do not need an MRI scan. In such cases, the MRI does little to help doctors assess and treat patients, but adds significant costs. Steroid injections for back pain are among the most common treatments at pain clinics, and doctors routinely order a magnetic resonance imaging or MRI scan before treatment. Researchers at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine say these scans are costly additions that may not be necessary. The study was published in the Archives of Internal Medicine. Medical imaging tests have revolutionized healthcare, giving doctors a way to look inside the body to make better decisions and help avoid unnecessary treatments. But recently, doctors have come under fire for ordering too many unnecessary imaging tests. Researchers studied patients with sciatica, a common back problem in which a nerve that starts in the lower back becomes pinched, causing shooting pain and tingling in the spine and down the leg. Doctors often treat the condition by injecting the long-acting steroid cortisone into the epidural space that surrounds the spinal cord. Researchers evaluated 132 patients with this condition. Half of the group were given the injections based on just the clinical exam. 
The second half, doctors based their treatment on a physical exam and used an MRI to help decide where to place the needle or whether to give the injection at all. Three months later, there was no difference in outcome between the two groups. Treating spine problems in the United States costs $85.9 billion a year, rivaling the economic burden of treating cancer. The study cited advanced diagnostic tests as a key driver in the cost of treating back pain, along with prescription drugs and frequent outpatient visits. And in financial news, the WCIRB third quarter report shows workers' compensation insurance premium increases with record high loss ratios. California written premium for the first nine months of 2011 was approximately $8.3 billion. This is approximately 12% above the written premium reported for the prior year. The average statewide insurer rate was $2.37 per $100 of payroll. This was approximately 2% above the average rate charged the prior year, but approximately 62% less than the average rate charged in 2003 before reforms. The WCIRB projects an ultimate accident year loss ratio of 84%, approximately one percentage point lower than for 2009. This represents the second consecutive year with an accident year loss ratio in excess of 80%. The ultimate accident year 2010 combined loss and expense ratio is estimated at 130%. While comparable to the accident year 2009 estimate, the combined ratios for each of the last two years are the highest since 2001. A few weeks ago, the State Compensation Insurance Fund announced that this year it would distribute a $50 million dividend to California employers. However, the dividends were to have been distributed only to renewing policyholders. Employers who were not renewing their policy of insurance with the fund would not receive any dividend. This decision caused the fund to suffer some political pressure. And as a result, State Fund's Board of Directors decided this week to remove the policy renewal requirement following discussions with the Department of Insurance. The credit will now be available to 2011 policyholders who paid their premiums timely and kept their policy in good standing in 2011 and who also finalized their final audit bill before 2011 within six months of expiration. The total dividend is estimated at 5.2% of the state fund's 2011 annual premiums. The last time the state fund declared a dividend was in 2001. State fund provides workers' compensation insurance to approximately 130,000 employers in California. Insurance Commissioner Dave Jones applauded the decision to modify how the dividend would be distributed. And in regulatory news, the Office of Self-Insurance Plans Audit Unit will change the method that it uses to conduct audits of claims. Effective for all audits initiated on or after January 1st, OSIP will begin using a random sample methodology for selecting claims file audits. For each firm being audited, the audit unit will select a statistically significant number of claims for auditing based on the firm's total number of claims. The claims will be randomly selected for audit using a random number generator program. 
The audit is designed to determine if the claims administrator has established proper reserves on the medical and treatment information available. In instances where the files are under or over-reserved, the percentage of under or over-reserving will be determined. This percentage of reserve increases or decreases will then be extrapolated across the entire universe of claims files in determining the proper level of required security deposit that must be maintained by the self-insured employer. Previously, OSIP has used a method of identifying and auditing high-value claim files that have a probability of being significantly under-reserved. Reserve adjustments were then made only to the audited files. Under the new system, employers will have a fairer degree of application of both over- and under-reserved files being audited, with a blended rate being applied to the entire universe of claims. In instances where it is determined that a self-insured employer has a significant across-the-board practice of under-reserving, OSIP will either audit further or order a special audit. A special audit is usually performed by an independent auditor chosen by the employer at their expense. The random sample method is currently in use by the Division of Workers' Compensation Audit Unit, which OSIP will be mirroring in the best practices used there. And in other news, the Governing Committee of the Workers' Compensation Insurance Rating Bureau announced that it is named William J. Mudge as their new president and CEO. Mr. Mudge replaces Timothy Benjamin, who has served as interim president since the retirement of longtime president Robert Mike on December 1st. Prior to joining the WCIRB, Mr. Mudge served as president and CEO of CompWest Insurance Company, a workers' compensation specialty insurance company that he founded in 2004. Mr. Mudge has more than 20 years of experience in senior leadership positions at workers' compensation insurers, along with a strong presence in California. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your iPod by searching for the WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.